Have you ever had an unexplainable moment with music? Was there a time when a song felt completely synchronistic in your life? Was that a coincidence? Or was it a coexistence? Today, I invite you on an extraordinary journey into the realm of harmonious encounters where music and spirituality intertwine. Join me as we unravel this deep and mystical connection between those two things, music and spirituality. It's all right here on Music Ghost Stories. Welcome back to Music Ghost Stories, where we unravel the mysteries of music's profound influence in our lives. I'm Donnie, your host. In this episode, we're stepping into the intriguing world of pro audio and emotions. Joining me today is Doug Weir. Like myself, Doug is a mix engineer. For those of you that don't know, mixing is a technical yet artistic craft in which multiple sounds within a song are balanced to create a harmonious blend. What's unique about Doug is that he's made his way into being responsible for shaping a lot of the top charts in Christian music. His impressive lists of credits include bands like Mercy Me, Skillet, Newsboys, Anne Berlin, and one of my favorites, this year's self-titled album by a band called The Main. So I've been meaning to speak with Doug for some time. Doug was so gracious to speak with me over the phone today. Of course, we nerded out over audio techniques and equipment, but then Doug's story takes us through the intricate tapestry of how songs are shaped with balance, how music resonated with him emotionally, and reoccurrences that he's experienced with music throughout his time. Let's dive into that world where music transcends language and connects us to something truly universal. What's up? How are you? Good, man. Dude, your place looks incredible. It's a, it, it looks great. I'm trying to get it to sound great. That's what I need to yeah, do. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the hard part. Mine sounds, mine sounds great, but it, it can be rough looking. <laughs> Yeah, the attack wall looks cool to me. It looks like yeah. it looks like you know what you're doing if you have one, because I like it's not it's definitely not consumer grade stuff. It was really bizarre the the way that these just came down here, and I didn't know what to make of it. And once I set them up and got things rolling, I had to relearn. Like mixing mm. has not been the same. Um, oh yeah, definitely. I think what I've learned in my time mixing is finding ways to force yourself to zoom out and there's a bunch of like really bizarre sounding techniques it sounds so weird some of the things i do it's more about actually hearing the entire picture but just like a dumbed down version like you can get your mixes so perfect like texturally perfect that way but you definitely can get completely lost in the weeds i know what this is is like a venture of the spiritual side of music it starts with mixing and getting lost in the technical aspects. Then it moves to mixing to serve the song. Doesn't matter what you do as long as it serves the song. Then it then it goes in the rabbit hole like what is the song conveying? And then it starts to go into the story or the emotions, right? Then I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't matter what I'm doing because no matter what I do, if it's not serving the song or eliciting some emotion, what's the point? Right. Right. What I found interesting about your stuff is that I think you said like part of your story was that you started front of house at, at your church or something. You know what? I guess that would be the very, like, that would be when I was like 
13 or 14. My very first experience with EQ was that, but I, okay. I wouldn't say that like, that's a super influential part of what I'm doing now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess, yeah, I, for, I forgot about that. That was my first experience with the technical side besides like I played guitar. So okay. that's, that's how I got started into this whole world. What took you to mixing mostly like spiritual related music? You know, like the gospel. You know, it's just it, it's just the place. Like I, I grew up in the church. I, I played in a Christian band, and it's yeah. so just the circle of people that I ended up working with. Like okay, just proximity. I would say I I really loved getting to do it. Obviously, yeah. I think it's being in a Christian band and just having that network is yeah. how I got into that. There was like a phase where I felt like every band was a Christian band locally where I was. <laughs> when I played on a Christian band, I, I said we went on, we would go on tour, right? But it wasn't a tour. We would just get, we would play every youth group. But <laughs> I, I got to see every sector by being in that band, like every sector of the church. What was, like, what was the band? Uh, my band was called Salvaged Souls. Did you, like how, how far did you, did you? Uh, so I'm in Maryland. Okay. So yeah. it would be one of the surrounding states. We didn't go further out. Sure. And, but th that was the coolest part is I got to see every little bit of anywhere from like, yeah, come in here and play your heaviest song. You know, can you turn it down a little bit uh, all the way to what is that? Is that uh, an electric bass guitar? I need you to put that in that closet and do not grab it until you leave. You know, yeah. so I got, I learned a lot from being in a Christian band. I'm sure you have too. Oh yeah. So, but that network brought you to like, I guess the guitar in that band got you into mixing and then the people you're associated with got you into the, yep. um, so let me ask you this. Have you found, like, have you discovered yet or are you trying to discover how your mixes can, cause I mean, a lot of the stories, like the songs are emitting some spiritual Christian type music, right? Right. So have you, have you like cracked into how your mixes can bring that in? You know, I, it sounds very unchristian of me, but yeah. I think, I think all music has the potential, whether it's Christian or not, to yeah. convey an emotional message without lyrics. It's a language of your soul. Like we could speak this language through music and we could convey emotional messages through music. Like when you hear a chord progression that's sad, you feel that way. So like, I think it's just a universal law of music, the way things vibrate, the way, you know, sound waves travel. Every little bit of that is some sort of language that we haven't completely cracked the code of. I know that's like a really convoluted way to, to explain that. All that to say is music is a language of emotion. That's like, if I say something to make you feel an emotion, like it's kind of hard. But if I play a sad song, you've you feel that immediately it it transcends language and you know cultures and all that stuff so i think that's kind of that's kind of what's happening and then when you put a spiritual message over it it just it impacts yeah. and like it works you know works with stuff that's has nothing to do with christianity but it but it like kind of think of the song like think about a sarah mclaughlin song on those dog commercials those make you feel sad. <laughs> you, they make you give money to the to the dogs. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, so it does the same thing. It's like I have this message that I'm saying with the lyrics, and music is the vehicle by which it travels. 
that type of thing. Whether it's faith-based or not, it is all impactful. And the way that we go about mixes, like how this should how this should sit with that, the way that things are put together, it only solidifies that emotional message. Mm. That is, so, there's, there's some gold in there. That's <laughs> yeah, you just got to really dig, <laughs> yeah, I know. Really dig for it. Another I, thing about I, this podcast that I'm trying to do <laughs> is, is definitely make sure that there's no discriminatory like sector. Like I want to open it up to all different varieties of faith, music, instruments, everything. I think just like you said, you don't need to have any words. You can just play the music. There's something within there to where you can feel it. And why is that? I don't think anybody really knows. Have you ever had an experience where you heard music and it really resonated with you like that? Yes. <laughs> I don't think I've heard all anyone this story. <laughs> this is really embarrassing. When I was like four years old or something, I had bad teeth when I was a kid. Like I had to get fillings and crowns a lot. Luckily, they were baby teeth, so it, like I don't have it anymore. Right. But I had a crown fall off. And at the same time, because I, I was sitting in my living room, like probably chewing on popcorn or something that is bad to eat with that stuff. And I felt my crown fall off. And then all of a sudden, this Enya song came on. And it was that Anywhere Is, like, dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. but the chorus is so sad and like but hopeful and all this stuff and i went to my mom and i told her hey my crown fell off and then i started sobbing because that's because i was thinking about what <laughs> <laughs> my tooth broke but then i heard this enya song that made me so sad and that's when i knew there is there is some kind of strong emotional connection with music that can affect anyone when wow. I was four years old. <laughs> your mom was probably like, I, your mom was like, I like, what these teeth were like, what's the matter? Just the crown. It just fell off. This poor kid. Like, this, 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 no, like, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I don't know. It's tearing all, this family and, apart. Yeah. The funny thing is, Enya rules, by the way. Yeah. I put that song on for my, my first born when she was like two. And she literally started crying when I put that song on. She was like, you know, when they like, well, I, I don't know how, how old Donnie he, is. But. Yeah, he's just two months. Okay, so at a certain point, they will have little little emotions where you can see it coming. Like, they'll, they'll have, like, they'll be re a really sad face, and then they'll start crying. That's how you know, because <laughs> they cry all the time. Yeah, but right. That's how you know it's a sad cry, because they make a real cute frowny face, uh, and then they start crying. Yeah, that's, but yeah, I that's turned it. it off immediately, because she couldn't yeah. handle uh, but, uh, but you, it just, like, it, it literally, it's a language you're born with. Yeah. Wow. It's really interesting. Music is a language that you're born with. Definitely. If, if my two-year-old who has no language can understand it, it makes her sad. Like how much more universal could it be? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Was there ever a moment with music that was more unexplainable? Oh, nothing's coming to mind there. Unexplainable. Like the like the chime, the wind chime thing. Like a coincidence. No, I don't you think so. Had anything, you haven't had anything like that. Very explainable, all of it. <laughs> Part of this, the first episode that I have, I'll text it to you when we're done. But my mom had a laryngectomy um, mm. before she passed. And she uh, she wasn't able to speak anymore. Mm. So they there was this weird thing where... 
I, I tried to imagine what it was like to be like that. Huh. And it just forces you to listen more. And then I sort of conveyed the message that when it's, it's like almost when you're in prayer or when you're meditating, you kind of turn off everything else and you're kind of stuck. You kind of put yourself in a more spongy, absorbent state to where you're more open to accept coincidences like that. But I think what I'm trying to do is encourage listeners to experience that more. So huh. little little gifts that surround us each and every day that we just kind of like walk past because we're busy. Um, it's kind of like more like, hey, when if if you're listening to this, you know, pay attention once this is done because there might be some there might be some gem there that you would have never huh. known. When you're shopping or wh when you're out and about and you hear a song. Just just peek in for a moment and just see like, okay, does that relate to us today or something like that? Huh. And you, you might find that there's something there. Yeah, I'd love to hear stories like that. A lot of people will. And I think that's going to be like the best part about this is like the networking. Because one, I wanted to meet you for a long time because I listened to your stuff. And then you just did the main, which I thought was incredible. <laughs> and then, Thanks. yeah. And then, um, but the podcast, I'm like, this is the perfect excuse just to say yeah, hi to of course. <laughs> Is there an artist? um that you're like a fan of or like a band that like constantly follows you like they're like oh it's like we're with doug so of course this is playing or like you're, you're going out with your wife and then this band's on and then she looks at you the the closest thing to that would be like if you shazam a song at one point mine would always be ryan adams i would be like oh man what's this and it's ryan adams <laughs> Not Brian Adams, Ryan Adams. Ryan Adams. Yeah, he's he's the Taylor Swift for dudes, I think. He really? even did it. He did a Taylor Swift cover <laughs> album. It's all the bands I Shazam, and it, it always tends to be the same. It's people that I never really got into, but every time I hear it, I'm like, ah, I like this. <laughs> and it's like, it's probably the most, Can I, I need to look at my Shazam. It's probably the most embarrassing people. The music ghost of Ryan Adams haunts Doug. This has happened a couple times. Um, when I've Shazam something and it's Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> I never got into Goo Goo Dolls, but Dude, I'll Shazam all them. I'll be like, yeah, this is a, this is a jam. Dude, and then, yes. They actually have like, a spiritual aspect to their music, I would say, mm. in some way. I, it could be because it's the 90s and it's a little bit nostalgic for people our age. But yeah, that, that, I, think, that said, I think that might have a lot to do with it. Because, yeah. yeah, it reminds me of simpler times. Yeah, yeah. I wish... I wish music sounded like that. At least some part parts of music sounded like that still. Yeah. So we'll conclude it with this. While you're mixing with these bands and artists, if the music that you're working on or somehow your input on this process of creating and releasing music could send any message or convey any emotion or whatever to its listener because of your input, what would that be? What would that message be? I just want people to just get lost in the music to get lost in how it sounds have the just like you know resonate with the music just feel it because that's that's how i experience music when i when i hear a song that i like i don't think about anything else i just get lost in the music so that's what i want to do for people i want to make i want to make people fans of the bands whose songs i mix by it grabbing their attention and yeah and just making them love it. Yeah, I want to make you love it. It doesn't happen often, but if I get a song that I'm just like, yeah, this isn't very good. How can I make it sound engaging and make people love it still? Despite I feel like 
I have saved songs by making them sound awesome. Mm. By you messing with the sound and getting them to move to the music will actually give it that extra flair where maybe the message or like the song structure doesn't really resonate as well. You're hoping that maybe, hey, now we can translate this in a different way to where you're going to gain some fans. You totally. Know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my cool. goal, at least. <laughs> yeah. And, and it fits your, it fits the craft too. I mean, um, you know, being a mixer, that's people that hire you. It's in their best interest to make sure that, you know, what they're creating does translate and gets that, oh, yeah. you know, resonance across. So, yep. That's totally. awesome. Cool, man. Yeah. Dude, I loved it. So, thanks for, thanks for reaching out. If you gain anything, I hope it's some sort of motivation or inspiration to take music to like more of that uh emotional like bigger totally. picture then also when you're out to listen and pay attention to what the cosmos is sending you like sure it's like little gems of music yeah um, totally yeah and then once you once that happens share it with me because you'll be like dude yep. i swear to you this <laughs> this song was playing right when this happened awesome bro well it great awesome hanging with you we'll talk soon all right man i'll talk to you all right see you take see care ya. you too bye, bye. That's a wrap for this episode of Music Ghost Stories. Doug's insights into the language of music and the art of creating resonance are truly captivating. We hope you've enjoyed the ride, and we encourage you to open your ears and hearts to the musical gems that surround you every day. Music, after all, is a language that we're born with. If you've experienced any musical synchronicities or simply want to share your thoughts, please share it with us on Music Ghost Stories' Facebook group. Your stories and experiences are the heartbeat of this podcast. Until next time, everyone, though this episode's over, keep listening. Goodbye. I love you.